it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Hi, everyone that's listening now or listening later. I'm certainly glad you're here today on Saturday afternoon. It's hot outside for here in South Florida. It's about 100. That's what it feels like. And I know a lot of places it's really hot. But I tell you what, not but, and I'm super excited because my my father, Gene Abbott, is going to be doing another episode of God Coaching. And, Dad, I'm super excited today to have you because you have written your book, I know you got a lot of books in the fire. Um, and by the way, I had a dream about this book years ago. I'll tell you about that uh, another time. Uh, it was really funny. Not funny, but it was like, wow, okay. Uh, anyway, so he wrote a book, and we're going to talk to him about it today about that. And welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here, Dad. This is a, a good time for you, right? Well, I'm glad to be here. Glad to talk to you. Glad to witness for God. Yeah, I know. I know. I love that about you. I, I, I quote you and what you tell me all the time. And um, my, uh, and I, you got this book, and it's God Finding Me. I was going through it again today. I read it before. And by the way, anybody who's listening, it is a wonderful, wonderful uh, book. I like it because it gives you uh, making money, finding love, finding your destiny. Wow. And uh, um, in making a relationship work or creating a great relationship. And doesn't that sound wonderful? Most of the clients I get that because of my coaching want to know about love and money, and you cover that in your book, which I love. <laughs> so, um, uh, so thank you for being here. Anyway, yep. So let's talk about this because I want people to really understand. Uh, you open up your your chapter with I'm I am Jean, and you know, reading it again. Uh, your your mom, my grandmother, I never met, neither did you, except that moment in time when you were born. Um, you you lost your mom at birth, correct? That's correct. Yeah? Take us yeah. on the journey a little bit. What happened? Well, I, was a, I don't know. I hate to talk about myself, but anyway, uh, we are uh, had a three-story farmhouse out in the country and. uh my dad raised a bike and raised kids, and and obviously I was I was the last kid he raised. Uh, but yeah, you know, I was born near death, and uh, Daddy saved my life. Uh, Mama died, and uh, I was full of mucus and just stored up with all kinds of things. And I was born with pneumonia. Oh wow! And. Uh, I uh, was ready to die. I didn't know, of course. Mama said to him, said, take care, care of him, Colonel. He's special. And my dad stayed up with me that night, and the doctor said to him, the doctor came out, and I was born in a house, not a hospital. The doctor came out and said, if he's alive in the morning, give me a call. And that night, before, I, before anything happened, I began to cough and choke myself to death, and my daddy rammed his big hand, had huge hands, 
ran his hands down to my throat, and he began to pull out everything that's possible. My insides, I thought. I didn't think I was. A baby. And the next morning, I went to, went to sleep, and I woke up peaceful. My red skin began to come together, and my daddy was kind of rested, and it was it. So therefore, again, my begin my life. So that began your life. You you grew. You didn't have a mom. You had a dad that was great at figuring things figuring things out on the spot. A doctor said, "I'll be back if he lives." And uh, pay, people pay pay big money now to be born in their home, uh, you know. And uh, you that was your only choice that you had. Uh, obviously, your grandpa had to have you in your in your farmhouse. And let me ask you a question, Dad. Did you ever feel because you didn't have a mom, and I know that you were, you you know, the first few months of your life, you were raised by, I believe, your brother's wife, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, uh, did you ever, ever, ever feel like you lo- you didn't have something because you didn't have a mother? No, I never felt rejected. Uh, I had uh, my sister, Margaret, and my other sister, Lois, and... Uh, my brother's wife, Nellie, and uh, I, yeah, I thought I was normal, <laughs> but okay. that I know was abnormal. Okay, well, that's, that's, you know, you're very normal, very, I, I understand that, but people get a lot of, uh, get a lot of help with that sometimes, but you didn't feel rejection, you didn't feel a loss, you just, you, you went on your merry way as a little boy getting into trouble uh, and having fun, um, and I, I love that part of your story. And one of the things that I, I I noticed or wanted to ask you, did you feel God in your life or something like God? or Because I, I know you learned about God very early in life. Did you feel God around you? Because I know in North Carolina, there was a, and it's still like that, there's a lot of churches and, and people talk, talking about God and, and preachers there and people in ministry. Did you Did you feel God at that young age as you were growing up in your uh, in elementary school, did you did you know anything about that, or did they say, "Well, what's God?" Or did you have any kind of pull toward that at all? Well, you know, my father, along with three other men, formed a church. Now he was not a pastor; he's just a normal member and stayed that way for his entire life. But uh, I was raised in a church. At seven years old, uh, a man called A.B. Apple was a preacher, and he preached hail, fire, and brimstone, love. He preached everything. Well, I accepted Christ at an early age. Well, I accepted the belief in Christ. And, you know, uh, you're amazing you ask that because when I was 10 years old, I could preach, I could pray. It was a Pentecostal-type church. It was a Baptist church, a bad Pentecostal belief. And so I grew up understanding God through through my father. My father was a strict disciplinarian. He didn't know much about school, but he was disciplined. I grew up saying yes, sir, and no, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Everybody was a ma'am, and everybody was a yes, sir, and no, sir. And that's the way I grew up. I learned learned how to be good around people. But around good around people, well, I'll leave it there. Yeah, I grew up, with I grew up as a Christian. Okay, you grew up with knowing God when you accepted Jesus as your as your personal Savior. 
when you were 10 years old, right? And seven, uh, seven, seven, sorry. Wow. Uh, I, I read that. I apologize about that. Um, so seven years old, you, you grew up knowing, knowing that you asked Jesus in your heart and, uh, and Jesus came obviously. And, and then you went about your, your, you know, living your life, getting into trouble in school. Cause I remember you used to tell me some of those things that you used to do. Um, and then, uh, you know, and did you feel God calling you at a young age at seven years old, eight years old? Cause you're saying you're preaching at the age of 10 and, uh, preacher Asbel and, and two other preachers there, um, how, did you did you feel then that you were being called to preach then? No, not at all. In fact, I went against it. Okay. At the age of eleven, I think it was eleven, uh, twelve. As I said, my daddy worked hard. He didn't have any money, but we had a farm, and I went about my business. But at the age of twelve, I went to work. At a restaurant, I don't know what I wrote in the book is correct. But anyway, I went to work and uh, worked the second shift. And I went to work at 3 or 4 o'clock. I got off at 11, 11, 12, 1, 3 o'clock. I worked at a drive-in restaurant. And I'd catch curb and I'd take food out to customers and they'd pay me and I'd take some money back inside. And that's how I grew up. Learning to work, I worked hard. Uh, every afternoon from school, I had chores I had to do, and he would whip my hind end if I didn't do them. And I, and I worked hard. I loved him, but I hated him at the same time. I hope you can understand that. I, I do. Love I get I it. And uh, he just—it was just that way. I was by myself with my stepmother, of course, which was not a mother, but. Anyway, I grew up and uh, got in all kinds of trouble. Just that I worked hard. I made money. Bought my car when I was 16 years old, paid cash for it. And uh, that's how I grew up. Just every day, working, going to school. Going to school was easy. Right. It was a fun time. All my teachers, I was a teacher's pet for everybody. Blue eyes, blonde hair. They love me. Okay. <laughs> they me. I, I I love that. Okay, so you I want to go back to this because this is important. You said you got you got annoyed, mad, didn't like it, whatever about you know you didn't want to be a preacher or anything. You just put it on the back burner, or maybe you didn't even look at it at all. Okay, so um, it, okay, if, if somebody goes through that, you went through that. What made you, did you turn to God when you got in trouble? Like when you were, I don't know, in school, when you got in a fight? Did you say, hey, hey, God, will you help me out here? Jesus, Mr. Holy, will you help me out? Did you did you have that kind of relationship? Not at all. I just uh, okay. went about myself. And I thought it was, everything was about me. I thought okay. I could do anything. I tried to do everything. And I tried to do everything correctly. I could play ball. I could, I could do anything. And, not a, I was not a physical person. I was only five nine, one hundred and sixty pounds. But I thought I could play ball better than anybody. I thought I could uh, fight better than anybody. I just I live for myself. Okay. Okay. And I All right. Turned, so you live for yourself. I, I turned right. to God when I. Oh, as you as you read the book, I turned to God because of you. 
Okay. I, I know that, and uh, but I want people to understand that that are listening now or listening later. Thank you. And, uh, and you, and you, um, so when you found God again, well, God never leaves us. I, I truly believe that. I think that we oh, turn God the light off. Yeah, no. And so, um, but what, what got you to like, okay. Uh, and I think my mom helped with that one, right? In the sense of she got you to go to church, right? Cause she was, uh, you guys were struggling, uh, with your relationship, right? Yes, very much so. So you turn to God, and uh, and He's like an old buddy. He, he God, Mr. Holy, and Mr. and Jesus. I call him the Holy Triplets, Holy Family, whatever you want to call him. Um, but Holy, uh, you know, Holy Trinity. So you're. How did that happen? You God said, not and Mom said, let's go to church, and you said, sure, let's go. Was that kind of how it was, or uh, what happened? No, that's not the way it was. You know, I was a. Uh doing all kinds of stuff outside of marriage. But every Sunday okay. I get up with a group of guys, I was kind of an executive because uh, it was a company that promoted me higher and higher. And I was out of service and, you know, I crashed airplanes and did all kinds of stuff. And I thought I was invincible. And I was not much of a husband, I can tell you that. And I, I appreciate anybody that listened to this to believe that as a husband you give yourself all of yourself, not part of it. But I gave her everything but me. And so finally in desperation she said to me, I'm taking my daughter to church. I said, What the hell are you going to church for? And then she said, Because I believe that she needs church. She was an orphan when she was growing up and she's raised in an orphanage and uh, went to had training and went to nursing school and county school and she was raised in a Presbyterian home and I said where are you going to church and she said well I'm the first church I come to and the first church was the Pentecostal Holiness Church I said you know I don't know Pentecostal Holiness Church but they don't believe in God they believe in the devil that was where I was very anyway I went to, she went to church and Came back home, and when I got back from playing golf, I said, how did it go? She said, well, I went to church. I enjoyed it. I'm going back Wednesday. I said, I'm not going to church. They believe in the devil. They believe in God. They do not. I was born in a born in a church, and I know how churches go. I was, anyway, so she, I said, I'm going with you. So I went to church with her. And the next Sunday, I went back to church again, too, because it was a good church. It was a Pentecostal church. Anyway, uh, my daughter was suffering bad cases of asthma and near death. I soaked her in a bathtub full of ice for the rescue squad. Got to her, got a temperature of 105, and it was still climbing. She's out of her mind. We went to church, and Sky prayed over her, and the church prayed over her, and, uh, the girl I'm talking about is my daughter, which you're listening to now. And the power of God came over her, healed her. She never from, suffered from asthma again. There's no cure for asthma. But her lungs became strong. The day I think I'm not having asthma anymore. Anyway, that's how it all happened. I, God came over her, came over me, came over the family. 
And next thing you know, I turn to God. I really believe I got saved that time. But, again, I was seven years old. I uh, turned to God. But, really, I was 24 years old. Right. I turned over to God. God took care of me. So I, I I hear what you're saying. Your daughter, which is me, uh, had a healing, you know, and uh, and so here's a question for you. And I know that you're going to answer this. And you you said that that time you accepted Jesus, you only have to accept Jesus once, but you rededicated your life, accepted him, whatever. But you're you're on your way to heaven if when something happens to you, uh, maybe the rapture, uh, which we talked about last week. So. Ha- and I, you've got what I love about your book. I want to put this as a side note: is that you've got like uh, tips, uh, you've got like notes, you know, and the healing. You've got scriptures about healing, physical healing. I guess that's what I'm gonna call it. And <clears throat> so, do you feel like anyone can get be healed? Do you anyone, anything? Any oh. Anyone can be healed. You believe okay. in Jesus? Jesus enters right. into your life. Jesus can heal anyone at any time. But don't think it's a man thing. It's a Jesus thing. Absolutely. I get it. I'm sorry. uh, He can heal you. He can take somebody like myself and uh, pray for my daughter, which is you. And through that prayer, through just listen to him and believing in him, have faith in him, he can heal God is the most wonderful thing in the world. There's nothing greater, finer, momentous than God. And God heals people. Man don't heal people. God heals people. I know that to be a fact, and I agree with you. So um, let me ask you this. Do you have to have, we all doubt, right? I mean, for you to get in plane crashes and that didn't, uh, you had to be praying to God then, right? Uh, for instance, you know, God, get me out of this. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you were just like on uh, adrenaline and, you know, and knew you were going to be okay. I get that. Is that true? Because I want to go back to the healing, but I want to make, because you touched on the plane crashes, and I want to make sure I bring that up pretty quickly here. I didn't think anything could kill me. Okay, fair enough. I was flying over AS Alaska, I mean, Kodak Alaska. We were ready to crash, and we were definitely going to crash, die. And the uh, commander from Monday said to me, he said, Gene, why are you laughing? And I said, well, it's all right. I'm going to be all right. You're not going to. We're going to be all right. Yeah, commander from Monday said, don't you understand that we're going down? We don't have any power. We don't have any electricity. We don't have nothing. We're flying in sleeting and snow. We're going to die. Ah, so I'll forget. But it's going to be all right. And we were all right. And every time I was in a dilemma like that, rarely did it be, become afraid. Just like I was invisible. But okay. God knew what is. God, God, God knew, knew that. Right? Go ahead. Yep. Uh, he, God knew what he was doing. Did you feel that God was part of that? Or it sounds like you did on some level. I, I just want to know that because people get terrified at a lot of different things, but it sounds like you had that in the bag. Well, you knew you were going to be okay. Well, I, had to, I knew it was going to be all right. But remember this. No, not remember. But in the book I said, I think I said, I don't know whether it did or not, but I should. And when I was growing up, 
I had turned away from God, lived my life like pure hell itself. But I had a scripture verse that I carried in my wallet at all times. When I'd get into trouble, sometimes I'd be at the bar in, uh, let's say, Hawaii, and uh, I'd be sitting at the bar and I'd be crying. People walked in and said, what the world's wrong with you, Gene? I said, oh, nothing, forget it. And I had opened my Bible, opened my wallet, pulled up this scripture verse, and John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. And I'd read it and I'd cry. I'd think about all the things I was doing, all the things I had been through, all the things I was going to go through, and I'd cry because God was dealing with my heart. Wow. Um, that, that's wonderful. So John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him won't die but live forever in heaven, right, with him and God. That's, and that's correct. Okay, good. Well, I just want to make sure people understand that one. So thank you. All right. Well, it just looks like, it seems like you had a uh, guy was keeping you in his hand, um, you know, or, or in his heart. Yeah, I love that. That's a that's a great story. So let's go back to the healing a minute. I want to make sure I cover that. So you, um, anybody can be healed. Okay, so this is a tricky one, or maybe not. Do you feel that um, you have to have more faith? Do you have to have believe, which is part of faith? Uh, so explain what do you think faith is? Is that true, or is it something different, or is there more? There is there more to that uh, physical healing? Maybe it's not a physical healing, it's spiritual healing, too. Faith is not tricky. Faith is believing and understanding that God is in control and that God can heal. Right. God will heal. But it's, it's something that you live with. You know, we know within your heart that God's in control of everything. Uh, when you called me today and said, uh, I want to talk about your book, you know, I just know that God God controls everything. God controls the healing. Uh, all kind of ch- people grow up and they, they believe in healing. But they, they, it's all a bunch of junk. But God himself is the person that heals. He walks in your footprints. He takes care of you. I believe with all my heart that if you believe in God and you believe in 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 what he says, that the Holy Spirit, which you call Mr. Holy, the Holy Spirit will lead you to pray to God to heal that person. And, you know, I have a special prayer that I pray every day for healing for a certain person. It hasn't happened. Will it happen? Yes, it will. I pray, forgive me for saying this. See, I'm not talking about it. But every day I say a prayer for T, my daughter, you, that you have diabetes, and God, I think it's time for you to heal here. I don't know what he's going to do it or not, but I believe that he will and he can, and he will in time heal you. But that's that's another story. Yes, it is. And that one of the things I feel that people have this for a reason, not not something arbitrary. And, you know, I've been praying that for myself because uh, just so you know, Dad, I, I, I you know, there will be a time in the next in the next minute, I say minute, you know, because it's not going to be very long, uh, where I feel that will happen because it, it's already happening. I, I know you know what I mean, or maybe you don't, but anyway, that's 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 good. And you've got Bible verses here in your book about healing. 
So I think you quoted uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 9, and also John 9, 13. Okay. So about healing scriptures. Uh, that's cool. Um, and just have faith and believe. And maybe instead of doing it on your time, we have to do it on divine guiding. You know, I say you're meaning any of us. Uh, divine time, right? I always think God's time is... Right. is Okay, yeah. So it's when you do it on divine time, God. right? Uh, sorry? It's God. Right, God divine time, God time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I've, in the past, right, when you, some of us have been waiting for a phone call, you know what I mean, girls? We're waiting for that guy to call. Or, you know, uh, you were like, God, please. And so uh, so I, I've learned a long time ago, you know, God it's his time and uh, his time is better than mine. Although there's been times I haven't thought that right. When I was a kid getting grounded, God, please let him unground me soon. And then my dad would never give me a time. He would always give me when I see a change, <laughs> that could be forever. Um, but anyway, but uh, yeah, we had some fun with that. <clears throat> so God, God's time. And how do we connect with, how do we connect with God's time instead of being selfish? Cause I think that's selfishness when we say it's gotta be now, it's gotta be me. It's gotta be this. What do you think about that, Dad? Because you talk about it in your book. I think that uh, Mr. Holy, as you call him, the Holy Spirit, will lead and God direct you. He directs okay. your prayers. And when God, when you feel like it's time, when you feel like it, we always feel like that. But when we feel like, and the Holy Spirit is leading you, when the Holy Spirit is leading you, you pray to God and God will heal. Never forget wow. that. We have a free will. We can live like hell, and God doesn't object. He doesn't live, but he doesn't honor it. When he honors you, he honors your prayer through the Holy Spirit, Mr. Holy, as you call him, and God will heal. Okay. I agree with you on that. So, uh, you know, I the other day I said, okay, I go, I, I know I got a little upset, but I, I know you're forgiving me. I said, so I'm sending out an SOS. I don't know how to fix this program. Can you help me? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm doing stuff now. I went to taking some classes and everything, so I can do a lot of this myself um, for now. And uh, and I figured it out, right? Well, I didn't. They gave me the information, which is amazing because I don't have a brain like that. Well, maybe I have more of one today. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, and I appreciate God for, for hearing my prayers because I want to make sure people get this. Um so here's another question I have, Dad. I, I know that you've been amazing with uh, the healing, the as, my asthmatic healing, and and I know that you yourself have had the healings that have taken more time, but you you had them. Uh, we all have been, um, maybe not all of us, but we do have healings. So I tell you something. What I do know is when I talk to people about love and and money, um, in your book you talk about being a successful businessman. Do you think it's possible to have both, being successful in your love life, okay, whether you've been married a year or a hundred years, um, or, and do you think you can have that same success and, and balance both of them in your, in your business or career? What's your thoughts on that? Because you talk about it in your book. Yeah, I'll talk about that because uh, being successful has always been easy for me. Was I born rich? No, my father was very, very poor. He worked two jobs. And I grew up knowing that I could, if I started myself, I could do almost anything. 
I can make straight A's in school. I could, I, I could do anything. I can play baseball. I can play football. I can do anything I wanted to do. When I set my mind to do something, I did it. And uh, my book says, "Winning in business, but failing miserably in relationships." You know, model of relationships. Remember this: that relationships is a two-way street. Your relationship with her and yourself. If but God will allow you to work the way you want to work. He believes in free will. Free will means that I can go out and I can do things, practice what I learned, and 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 go ahead. But God doesn't God doesn't honor the free will. He allows you to exercise your free will. Right. But this I I could do anything I wanted to do. I could make money. I could run a twenty million dollar business. It didn't bother me. I could, I could gamble. I could do anything, and God allowed that. Did He enjoy it? Did He want me to do that? No. That's the reason when I turn finally turned my life over to God, that relationships had to come to a halt. I had to, I had to understand that my relationship with God was more important than my relationship with anything. But as a believer, and a person that believes in God, we look to God for answers. Now, I know people don't like this very much, and probably about you the same way, but the Bible has 66 books. In those 66 books, 1,190 chapters. And God uh, says, read this book. And go what the book said. The book is full of answers, relationships, and love, and hate, right. and everything. And that's where I live today, is reading his book. I had no problem writing my book. It's easy. But living for God is difficult at times. Not difficult right. when you try to when you try to manage God. God doesn't allow it. God is not going to be managed. He will answer your questions. He will come to you when you ask him. He has an open door. Mr. Holy says, Gene, it's time for you to do this. I ignore it or I can do it. Sometimes I question and say, are you sure you want me to do this? Yes, it is. And I do it. But he and I have a relationship. As you as Terry, my daughter, as three wants to do something with me, she says, Daddy, do you mind? I can say yes or no. When I say to Mr. Holy, do you mind if I do this? He says yes or no. And I listen. I obey. Oh, we always have to listen to God. Go ahead, Keith. Yeah, you always do, and and we always don't. And sometimes we don't. We I try to do that, and then you know, you Dan, you and I, you're so much better at that because I'll fight and argue like whatever, right? So anyway, I get get nudged about it. Um, but they're my buddies. They're my God is my buddy. God, all three triplets are, and I know the same for you. Um, that's wonderful. So I know you're going to do workshop, and guys, I'm just I I tell you this, um, finding freedom with Jesus and God and Mr. Holy. That's one of the things he'll teach about, finding freedom, okay, with God, true freedom. Um, and then the other thing that he will talk, touch, talk about is finding your destiny. Man, everybody wants to know that. 
what's my destiny, whether you're 8 or 80, uh, 90, whatever. And then, um, and what do you do? How do you get started with your destiny? And how do you balance? Because I don't know if you guys know this, but I've heard this before. I grew up in North Carolina, um, and now people are better about it. But some people think you have to be poor and get your riches in heaven. But if you want to be uh, financially wonderful and uh, and serve serve people, serve God, and serve people, help them find God, uh, or God find them, however that works for you, well, God always knows where we're at. But um, that's something that, uh, you know, I think my father will talk about is that you can have love, you can have money, uh, you can have God first and, and enjoy your life. You don't have to be in the, uh, you know, in servitude in the sense of, of not enjoying your life. You can love God and enjoy your life and show others how to do it. All you have to do is just say, hey, Jesus, uh, I hear you. And I'm inviting you in my heart because I know you died on the cross for me. And I'd like to take you in my heart. And that's all you have to do. And you and just say thank you for that. And I always say thank you, amen, and so it is, right? Because uh, you say amen and you invite Jesus in your heart. Boom, I'm telling you, what a great what a great love story that is between you and God. And um, I love that. So my father's going to teach a workshop about that. I have not really told him about that, but I thought he's written so well, it's written about it so well, and I know that he can help others and um two as well so dad do you have anything else to say because we got a minute or two here i made it happen so anyway I well just, just remember this you believe in god you believe in what how to get god now remember when you become godlike and believing in god and a servant of god remember this that you no longer believe in yourself but you believe in god and know that God will honor you and help you and help you with your destiny. I know that people want to be rich. I don't want to be rich anymore. Why? Because I know that my God and me belong to him. I don't want to be rich. I want to be close to God. Now, (laughs) I have to say this because I believe it all my heart. As you become close to God and you're expressing God, that you will become wealthy. Not wealthy. Not I'm not trying to say rich, but you'll be well off. But more than that, you will understand that God allows you to be yourself, to understand him. And when you say, Christ, I believe in you, I want you in my heart that you become his servant you're no longer your own. You have been bought with a price. Price. Christ died for you. And you will live in your heart. Oh, that's that's beautiful, Dad. And that's true. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how do they do it? We gotta go in a second here. So I want to make sure we get that my, covered. My uh Wells Fargo uh what is my uh, email address? Oh, Colonel Abbott. C O L O N E L Abbott and three six six at gmail dot com. Colonel Abbott three six six at gmail dot com. And I will answer any question I can. Me and Mr. Holy Holy Triplet T et cetera 
will somehow come up with the right answer for you. If you want to know anything that I can do for you, let me know. Colonel Abbott, 366 at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next week, and uh, enjoy your weekend. Bye now. Have a blessed time. (laughs) Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.